Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf pei hey. Today's shir is Lilu Nishma Shoshana Petzabashuel and Shmuel Ben Shlomo Levi. May the Neshamas have an aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Um, we're going to go, so we're a bit far back, but we're going to go from the eighth wide line on Pei Dalet Amud Beis 84b. Um, yeah, we're going to have to fly. Long duck. Lots, lots in it, but it's a long, long and we're behind. Um, so we'll try to do as best as we can. But yeah, just remember these dafim are, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, as we saw yesterday, we, what the suki we're going into now is what are Dayanim in Chutzlaretz allowed to judge? What sort of cases and where does their power come from? So we concluded, Rob uh, basically told us that you can judge cases where an animal is injured, whether it's another animal, whether it's by another animal or a person. The judges in Babel cannot judge cases to do with um, where, where a person is injured, whether it's by an animal or a person. Um, but and that, that's what Robert's teaching was. But along the line, we saw they can judge or dance well vos. We meant we mentioned the nesivos, which says they clearly allow to. Um, convert people, which is another function of based in um, what's it, Hadas Vavos, loans, theft, Xayla is actually a big question, a lot of interesting things that come up uh, in this what, and, and then also very important to consider is where, what we say, it's the Shlichus Ayukov Dinan, they're acting as Shlichus for the judges in Eretz Yisrael, the, the ones who have Smicha, that's, uh, I mean firstly there's no specific judge who gives that shlichus, and the last time we had smicha was about 1,500, even a bit longer, approximately 1,500 years ago, so the shlichus somehow perpetuated itself. So, what, no, wrong. so what's the status of the shlichus? Is it really, what is it like we would think of when the t- classical shlichus or something else? Those are all important things to consider, but let's uh, race on in the sugya. So we mentioned that a shor... If a shore is damaged by a shore, that's one of the cases that Beisdin can judge and collect. So the Gomorrah asks, for shore, for shore, go even for Babel. If a shore injures a shore, you can collect in Babel. Oh, my robber, Rob himself says, shore, shehizik, ain't go even on Babel. If you have a shore that damaged, he cannot collect in Babel. You can't sue him for it. So the Azik man now, who did it damage? Elaima, the Azik Adam, me Irish short, the Azik Adam, I feel Adam, the Azik Adam, Nami. If you want to say that it's referring to a shore that damages a person, well, even if a person damages a person, he's not going to be liable. Ain't Goivinos, not not liable. Ain't Goivinos of Babel, you don't put him, him, he's not allowed, you're not allowed to collect in Babel. Elipshit, the Azik Shore, it must be, it's where it damaged the ark, took Tanya, and Goivinos of Babel. And we just taught that. You can't collect it in Babel. Right? So if my ox damages someone else's ox, damages someone else's property, they can't, based in, can't enforce it. So Omri, they answered, No, where you can enforce it is with the Muad, where you can't enforce it is with the Tam. Why not? So that makes a lot of sense, because remember, when a Tam damages, it's half, half payment, yeah. which is a Knas. Now, as we saw, you can only collect, yeah, this I should have mentioned, where it's frequent and there's a monetary loss. Now, interesting, a knas in this case, there is kind of a monetary loss, but knasses are never viewed as a monetary loss because they're not something that is. Um, that almost based in by judging the case, create the knas. 
Um, but so tam would not, so if you're tashor tam, there's avaham arava ain muad babavel. But didn't Rav say you can't have a muad babavel, which also makes sense. If your tam gore is basically aren't going to judge and make it a muad. So how are you going to ever basically end up with the muad in babel? So Omri died, Hosam Vatuil Achas. No, they said the case is where it became a muad in Eretz Yisrael, and then you brought it across to babel. So now you have a short muad, if it damages, you make it right. It says, says, But that's not common. How often would that happen? That you end up with a short muad that's brought to Babel. And anything that is not common, we don't act as a shluchusayu, don't judge in Babel. So the Gemara answers, Now the case is where the judges came from Eretz Israel. Maybe there was a rabbinic conference in Babel. So there were a whole lot of judges with smicha there, and they made this ox a muad. So it's not an ox that you brought from Eretz Yisrael, an ox that was in Babel. But the Gemara says again, Still this is not common. How often are you going to, you're going to end up with judges from Eretz Yisrael with smicha judging the case? And therefore we should, it's not common, and therefore we should not be their shliach. So Elokikoma Rava Beloshon Veshein Veregel, where Rava was saying that you're liable for a shore that damages. It's a shame Veregel, the Muadin Mitchiloson, you know, which are Muadin from the outset. Right, so if you have an ox walking along and it bumps into another ox in a shame or regal way and causes damage, that's when you can, that's where Beisdin can force him to pay. Yes, in Babel. In Babel. Obviously. Well, yeah, where there's no smicha. We say Babel, but by Babel we mean where there's no mumchin or smuchin. There's people who don't have the tradition, the smicha handed down. Nowadays, in our times, Eretz Israel would have the same status because there's no one with the smicha of the mumchin or smuchin. So they're also shlichusai to have dinner. Um, I mean, and that's what the, it's, uh, I mean, Shulchan Aruch, but others go into exactly, so how do, basically, how do you run a society then? You know, they're going to, so maybe you put people in Khairim to force them to pay, or you can't uh, extract the money, but you can maybe use other measures, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a big question. Okay, Tsar Kivit, now we're going on to the next point. So this is Nazikin. We've discussed uh, the liability for Nazikin, we've discussed. Um, um, we've discussed suing someone for Nazikin in court. Can a court in Babel extract it? Now, interesting enough, we very clearly said that. Let me just make sure to get the, this clearly. Um, what? So, so this is very, we've very clearly said the halacha by well by Nazikin. Shor Ba'adam Ba'adam you can't sue in Babel. And we also said the Halacha by Boishes that there's no Chisron Kiss, there's no monetary loss when someone embarrasses someone else, so they would not be, can't collect in Babel. What about Tsar, Ripui, and Sheves? So again, Tsar, there's also no monetary loss. But Ripui, someone injures someone, there's medical expenses, that's a monetary loss, and Sheves is a loss of work. So the Rosh, I think, I don't remember which opinion says which. The Tur says that, no, all these five damages would be considered uncommon. And therefore you wouldn't be able to collect any of them in, them in Babel. Whereas the Rambam 
holds that no refuah and boishas you can actually collect in Baba. Actually, you mentioned so because it's not that common. No, but if it's, I mean, not, it's not, com- not that uncommon, what that someone injures another person? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a hard one because then you have to look into the Rambam because if you if you're saying that it's common, well then you should be able to collect nizikin. But like I said yesterday, how often do people in how often does does someone injure their friend? Depends which country. This country. Okay. In the Jewish society, that's going to be going to based in. Baruch Hashem, it's not that often. You're right, it does happen, but it does not that often. Um, okay. So let's go on now. Tsar Kovo Bashokhilov Mishma. We said Tsar. What would that be? If someone burns him with a spit or a nail or something, and we said on his fingernail. Why are we emphasizing on his fingernail? Because then there's not going to be any injury, it's just the pain. So the novelty of our Mishnah, as we're going to bring out now, is that we're saying he is liable for pain even where there's no nezek, no injury. Who's the Tana who taught that you're liable for Tsar where there's no nezek? So Omar Rav, says, Ben Azai here, it's Ben Azai, the Tanya, as we learned to the Bible. So Rebbe, Omer, Kivya Nemer Tchila, or Ben Azai, Omer, Chabur, Nemer Tchila. Rebbe says, it says, Tchila, Kivya, just to burn first. And Ben Azai says, it says, uh, it, the Pasuk says, Chabur first. Now, this is the Pasuk. The Pasuk is, um, so, kivya tachas, kivya petza tachas, petza chabura tachas chabura. So, everyone knows that kivya is first. The question is basically, what does kivya mean that when it comes and says chabura, it is changing things? Okay, kivya is a burn, chabura is an injury. So, so, and now he's going to, so he's going to explain how he sees it, and our Mishnah must be even as he says, Rebbe Salvor Kivyanem, the lace by Chabura Mashma. Rebbe holds when the Possek says Kivya, it implies a pure, just a burn, a, just the pain, no injury. And therefore, when the Torah comes and adds in the phrase Chabura, it's coming to reveal for us that you're liable only for a Kivya, the pain from a burn, where there's an injury. When the Torah says Kivya, that implies a burn with the injury, I pain and injury. Therefore, the Torah comes along later on and writes Chabura separately to say, ah, oh, that Kivya we mentioned earlier was just pure pain, no injury. So that's Rav's way of learning. So Matki Flora Popper, Popper challenges He says it makes more sense to learn the other way around. Firstly, the first reason is because it makes more sense to learn the Mishnah that it lines up with Rebbe. As opposed to Ben Azar. Again, how Mishnah holds you can be liable just for pain, even when there's no injury. That makes more sense to say that that's Rebbe's opinion. Secondly, this one's a little bit more tricky, but basically, the way we explain Kivya, how Rob explained Kivya, you know, when the Possek says Kivya, does that mean with an injury or without an injury? It makes more sense to say that they're emphasizing their conclusion as opposed to the start of the drosha. If I want to tell you my opinion, I'm not going to say my opinion based on my initial thoughts and then how it develops based on the drosha. I'm going to tell you my opinion based on how the result. You know, then I might explain it through how I get there from the drosha. So that's why. He says, so therefore, he says as follows: Rabbi, I'm a kibbutz nemer tchila savar. 
kivya de ispei chabura mashma. When Rebbe says kivya, he thinks it means a kivya with an injury. Comes along the Torah and says kivya, um, uh, says chabura to tell us that when it said kivya, it means without a, a, a wound. Right, so in the Bryce where Rebbe says kivya nematchila, what's he saying? The kivya that it says at first is just kivya. No, Benazai says it says Chabura. First of all, he holds that it says, when it says Kivya, it's without an injury. And then, Kosov Rahmona Chabura, the Torah comes along and adds in the word Chabura, the Kivya is by Chabura to tell us that it's Kivya that there is a Chabura. In that way, you'll be liable for pain. But if not, you would not. Be liable for pain. And he's going on the result of how they learn the drosha. So again, just to fit it in with the game, Rabbi Azai says, He's saying, when it says kivya, it means kivya with the chabura. Let me just check and get it around. Yeah, when it says kiv, when it says chabura, says first the result is that when we read Kivya we must read it with Chabura. Okay, so that's the Mahloike has been answered. Now another possibility. There's another way of learning and that is that everyone agrees that when it says Kivya it's whether or not there's an injury. The emphasis there is on pain and it's independent of whether it is. And they're actually arguing in a klalu prat that are far from each other. Rebi Sovor aimed, what's the klalu prat? Now remember, klalu prat is you take the general principle and then there's a limiting factor straight after. Here they're far away because there's kivya tachas kivya, then petza tachas petza, then chabura tachas chabura. So the kivya and the chabura are separated by petza. So can you learn, can you learn a, um, uh, what's it called, a klaloprat? If you can learn the prat, well then, kivya means whether or not it has an injury. And then it says chabura later on, that's limiting to only where there's an injury. But do you learn that? So that's what we're saying. Rebi sovar ain't on and also Rebi says we don't learn it. So when it says kivya, we don't learn it as a klaloprat, and therefore, uh, it is not a klaluprat, and therefore you stand with kivya, meaning whether or not there's an injury. Ben he says we do learn it, and therefore it's a klaluprat, and it would be only with the wound. Oh, but then you have a question: Why does it say chabura at the end? If it says kivya tachas kivya petza tachas petza chabura tachas chabura, and you learn like Ben Azai, the chabura at the end is coming to teach us that. You only liable where there's an injury. It's a klaluprat. Makes sense why it's there. But according to Rebbe, why is it there? So therefore he answers no. For extra money, as Rashi explains, if you didn't say kivya tachas kivya have amrin, and I would have said bein isbei chabura bein isbei chabura, whether or not dami demei kivya is meshalem, avar talti loy meshalem. I I might have thought, granted where there's pain, you pay for the pain. But who says you pay for the pain and the injury? Therefore, it says Kivya and Chabura to tell us you pay for both. Okay, then we said, how do you evaluate pain? So, we, 
we see how much would a person who underwent a, sim, a pain like a similar person underwent such pain would he take or how much would he take to undergo such pain now on the surface what we're going to be saying is that our mission makes sense when you're discussing something like a burn where there's no injury generally when you have pain where there's no injury it's not going to be such great pain you know so i'm going to say how much would you accept for me to i don't know give you a dead leg punch you in the shoulder so you have a dead arm it's going to be a little bit sore for a few minutes how much would you accept for that but the issue is what about a case where there is an injury and the, and the pain can be incredibly severe no one in their right mind is going to say oh i'll undergo such pain for x amount of money Okay, so let's see that inside. So, Tsar Bamakom Nezekaitish, I mean, and how do you evaluate Tsar where there is damage, where it's much more severe? So, Omar Avodeshmul Amdinan Kamadam Rotelitalik Tolo Yodo. She says, You ask the person, how much would you be prepared to accept to have your hand amputated? Oh, Liktolo Yodo. Lots are Lachude who Kulachamishad Vorimika. She says, That's not a fair calculation because that's not just. How much would he accept for the pain? He's going to start thinking, well, I also have to pay for the medical bills and I'm also going to have to uh, take off work and all the five things. So that's not a good way to evaluate it. Said for odd. You haven't got your hand, you can't do anything. Yeah, so you can lose that. For odd, well, you can do a few things. We'll see a bit later. For odd, Peshuftani Askinan, and secondly, we're dealing with idiots. What sort of person would say, you know, yes, for, uh, I don't know, 500k, uh, I'll have my hand, I'll let you sever my hand. No, one, no one's going to give anyone permission to cut off their hand for any money. So um, so we're going to have to give a different way to calculate the size. It says, how much would you accept to sever your hand that is literally, um, it sounds like sever your hand that is severed, but basically means if someone's got a hand but it's been damaged, let's say, internally, all his nerves and his tendons and stuff are damaged, so he can't use that hand. So for all intents and purposes, that hand has been severed. Um, that's not only Tsar, there's the Tsar and the Boishas. Because it's embarrassing for him to take off his hand and throw it to the dogs. I, there's no, so that's also not uh, not just sar. That's saruboishes. Interesting enough, they learn from here. The post can bring this. There's a discussion. If someone has a part of their body amputated or for whatever reason severed, and then you're going for an operation and they cut out a chunk of flesh, or someone is amputated, you have to bury that. So someone is saying from here by the fact that it says it's embarrassing because if you cut off his hand, you're going to throw it to the dogs. See, you don't need to actually. He thinks, but then why is he embarrassed? It's saying he's embarrassed because it's degrading to him to have his hand chucked to the dog. So he's saying it's embarrassed to have his hand severed. Okay, I mean, it's a discussion. Some hold it's the Isu Darabonin and you should still bury it. But there are those who bring Al Gamora as a source by the fact that it says when you cut off his hand, what are you going to be doing with it? Throwing it to the dogs? Must clearly you don't need to bury it. Okay, but that is a discussion. Now, the way you evaluate Tsar alone is you evaluate how much would a person be prepared to suffer to have the hand that they obli that the king decreed must be severed with Bain Sam with, uh, what's it, uh, anesthetic, 
to do it by sword where there's no anesthetic. Ah, oh, so now we're getting closer. So this is someone who's decreed his hand has to be severed. It's going to be cut off. And uh, the, the police is going to carry out that, I don't know, execution is not the right word, but that sort of person is going to carry it out. He's going to do it with uh, anesthetics. So you're asking how much would you accept to do it in a more pain, in a painful way, have it cut off with a sword. And then you evaluate what the pain is. So the Gomorrah answer still says, it's hachanami lo yishokil Still, no one would accept such pain. The pain of having your hand cut off without an anesthetic, that's way too severe. Rather, you have to evaluate how much would a person who's the king has decreed that his hand has to be cut off by sword, how much would he pay to have it done with anesthetic? And now you work out the pain. Because that we know someone would pay, and you work out how much would they be prepared to pay, and that's the value of tsar. Now the Gemara just asks, oh, hi, little, 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 but the Mishnah says, how much would he take to have his hand cut off? How you've just explained it, it would be how much would he give to have his hand cut off? Is this a good So the Gemara says, no, Omar Rav Huna, little ze, this one takes mizeh From this one, what he would take. Uh, the victim takes from the mazik what the guy they're evaluating on would be prepared to pay. So that's where the little takes it because it's the victim taking the money from the mazik. How do you get that? What so and so would. That's the taking, what so and so would give. Again, so the calculation for sar is. Um, the calculation for Tsar is how much would someone be prepared to have their hand severed by anesthetic instead of just plain severed. Okay, Ripui. What about medical expenses? If someone injures his friend, he's obligated for the medical expenses. It says, What happens if sores develop around the wound because of the wound? Venistera, and even if the and the injury, all the injury Venistera Mako, the injury returned. he's still obligated to pay for those expensive. and he's also obligated to pay for the additional time he had to take off work. If it's not as a result of the injury, he's not obligated to pay for the medical expenses. And he's not obligated to pay for his loss of work. The Gomorrah is going to ask later on, wait, what? You're telling me he gets an injury or gets sores, not because of this, what this guy caused and he doesn't have to pay for it, obviously. Okay, but that's the first opinion. So again, you have these sores or the wound returning. The person's liable for both Ripui and Shebes. says no. Even if these sores develop as a result of the injury, he's only hired for the medical expenses, but he's not, he's not liable for the additional time taken off work. The Chachomim says, No, the Pasuk says, Shebes and Ripui together. And makes a hekash. Only when you are liable for the sheves would you be liable for the medical expenses, and when you're not liable for the medical for the for the loss of work, the sheves, you would not be liable for the ripu. So if someone, so if you have such a case 
like this, where he's not liable for the Shevets, these returning Tzmachim, uh, sores. You're not liable for Shevets, you also wouldn't be liable for Ripui. That's Rebbe Yehuda. So we have three opinions. The first one implies in this scenario you're liable for both Ripui and Shevets. The second one, Rebbe Yehuda holds, no, you're only liable for Ripui and not Shevets. And the Chachomim, the third opinion, hold that you're not liable for either. Now the Gemara says, but Michael Mufligi, what are they arguing on? I found the Rabbanon in the Yeshiva of They're arguing on whether you are allowed to bandage this wound. Basically, what happens here is the bandage is actually bad for the healing. The bandage is going to cause these sores. However, the bandage relieves the victim from pain. So the victim wants to put on the bandage to save in the pain. But now they're going to be all sores. Can he sue the the one who injured him for those sores? Because is he so, is it in his rights? He's putting on the bandage. Yeah. Is it in his rights to put on a bandage to save him some to save him from pain and or or do he say that's honest? So Rabbonin, sorry, Makanis The Rabbonin, the first opinion, hold that it is. You are allowed to bandage a wound. He caused you the injury, he caused you the pain, you're allowed to put on the bandage, and you can sue him for the resulting sores from the bandage. You're not allowed to bandage it. However, Reput the Tanabay Kro, Machayev, Shevis the Loy Tanabay Kro, Lo Machayev. But since the Possum repeats the word Ripui, you would still chayev on medical expenses, and Shevis, which it does not repeat, you would not be chayev. Now, so that's the that's how the Tana, that's how the Yeshiva of Rav, the Beirav, explained this answer. Vaamina lo ana. I responded to them. Imake loy nisna laagid. Repeat loy mechayev. If you're telling me he should not bandage his injury, then how can you say the chayvel? It's liable for the medical expenses. It makes no sense. Either doctor says, don't do this, don't put on the bandage, or he's told if he puts on the bandage, he's going to get more sores. How can he do that? So he says, no. Ella, what's the machloikas? No, the point is that you're allowed to put on a bandage, but you put it on, shouldn't put it on too tight or too thick. It says, holds, look, you shouldn't have put it so so thick, but or so tight. But once you did, the Torah repeats Ripui, so you're liable for the Ripui. However, Shevitz, which is not repeated, you're not allowed to. And the first opinion holds that no, since the Torah repeats Ripui, you would also be Chayav on Shevitz, the Ishkis the Ripui, because Shevitz is connected to Ripui. Ribuda Sovo, Shevitz Loi Machayev, Demiatarach Monorach. And Ribuda holds no, you're not liable for Shevitz, because the Torah. Excludes it with the word rak. Remember, generally when you have the word rak in the pasuk, it's to exclude it. The rabbanon and the rabbanon rak No, that rak is not coming to say you're not liable in this for these sores when you put it on too tight. That's coming to say you're not liable 
when it's not a result of the injury. Ola Rabbon and Basrai, in the third opinion, the Omri calls Shechai B'Shevet, Shechai B'Riko, because Shechai B'Shevet, Shechai B'Shevet, Shechai B'Riko, the ones who said that any time you have for Shevet, you have a Ripu, but if you're not Chai B'Shevet, you're not Chai B'Ripu, Ripu, the Tanabei Kro, Lamali, wide. So, so therefore, in this case, you're not liable for Shevet, because you shouldn't have put the bandage on so tight, and therefore those sores are really your own pro- the victim's own problem. And once you're not liable for Shevet, you're not liable for Ripu. So why the Tanabei Kro, Lamali, why does Ripu, the Tanabei Kro, Lamali, so why does the Torah say, double up Ripu? According to the first two opinions, when it says Ripu twice, that's to come to say, in such a case, you're liable. But according to this third opinion, you're not liable. Why should you be? So he says, You need it for the teaching of the Vayre Bishmol, the Tanad Vayre Bishmol, Rabbi Ishmael taught, From here, by the fact that the apostle repeats, it's teaching us that a doctor has permission to heal. What? A doctor needs permission to heal? So Tosas explains. So firstly, you have to go to Rashi. Rashi says, You might have said that no. Hashem made you sick or injured. How can you go against Hashem's will and go to the doctor? There are those who actually believe such a thing. Um, certain uh, religious sects, I think uh, Christians that believe you can't go to a doctor. God made you sick. God thing is the Mormon. Whatever, but other way, um, God made you sick. That's what God wants. If you go and try and get healed, you're going against God's will. So it comes along the Torah and says, Rope. So Tosas asked, but then it could have just said, Verape. Why does it have to say, Double languaged. So he says, because you might have thought, no, this that you can go to a doctor, if it only said one of them is when it was when you were injured by a person. Because that's a person injuring you, okay, then you can go to a doctor. But what happens if God made you sick? There, maybe you wouldn't be allowed to go against Hashem's will. Kamashmal and the Shari, so we have the double refuah to say that you are allowed to do it. Okay, so, I mean, that, that creates a lot of um, philosophical, interesting questions around, you know, going to doctors and why is it not against Hashem's will? Um, is it a mala to say, I trust in Hashem, I'm not going to a doctor? Is it an obligation to a doctor? Does, an obli- does a doctor have an obligation to heal or is it more a chesed? You know, all these questions around this discussion. But let's go on. We learned to the Braiser. It says that if someone gets these sores as a result of the injury and all the wound returns, he's still obligated to pay for the refuah. And he's also obligated to pay for the loss of work. He has to take off work to go to the doctor or he can't work. So he thinks, So how do we know this? Talmud Loma, the Torah says, You only give him Shebes and you heal him. Would you, you might have thought that even if these sores are not a result of the injury, he's still liable. Talmud Loma, Rak. It says, right, no, it's limited to where they are a result of the injury. says, No, even if these, these sores are a result of the injury, he's still exempt because the Pasuk says, Rak. Right. 
That's right. Some say what Rabbi Yossi is saying is that these sores, as a result of the mucking, is completely exempt for. The Ikat Omri, like the third opinion in the previous Brisa, the Ikat Omri, and some say, no, he's going like his father, that he's saying, you're not liable to Sheves, but you are liable to Rufua. As we said in the previous Brisa, when we said, what does it mean, not Mahmasamake? It says, because remember, you're allowed to put on this bandage to alleviate your pain, but you're not allowed to put it, I'm not sure if it was too tight or too thick, which then triggers sores. But it's hard, you know, where's the line? I'm in huge pain, so I'm going to put it a little bit tighter. Huge, huge pain, I'm going to put a little bit tighter. When's it too tight, when's it not? This is how I understand this, so yeah, I could be very wrong. Um, and there, there, that's what he's saying. He pays for this extra... Um, in that case, he's hired for Ripui and not Sheves, or according to the third opinion, not at all. Okay, now, we said in the price, you might have thought that he's liable even when the sores are not a result of the injury, comes along the Torah and says, Rak, boy What, you're telling me you have sores, not a result of the injury? You need a posuk? That doesn't make any sense at all. Again, what are we saying? Someone causes you an injury, and independent of the injury, you get sores around the injury. Why would you ever think that the guy's liable to pay for those for the refuah of those sores? So Amri, no, my shalom masamake. What does it mean, shalom masamake? Not as a result of the injury. He didn't listen to the doctor, and he ate sweet things, honey, or other sweet things. They're bad for the injury. And his wound got worse. And these gargusni grew on his wound. So you might have thought that the the attacker is liable for the medical expenses. The Torah says, Rak, no, you're not liable in that case. My bar gusni, what is gargusni? So Amrabaya, Nata Karichta. It's some sort of dead flesh. The, something happens to the injury that the flesh dies. And my Usutai, what's the cure? Allah Vakira Vakalba. Aloe, wax, and resin. Okay, I don't know exactly how you cure it, but either way, what happened here? The doctor said, look, you've got this sort of injury, we're putting, in, we're putting in stitches, we're putting on a bandage. Yes, the guy who attacked you is going to pay for all these, these operations you need. However, don't eat that food. If you eat that food, it's going to cause the wound to fester or whatever it is. And the guy goes ahead and eats it. You might have thought he can claim, and this is, again, this is what I'm saying, you might have thought he can claim, look, you injured me, I want to eat my apples dipped in honey. It's your problem. It's, you can't stop me doing that. She says, no, if the doctor's told you don't, and you go ahead and do it, it's your problem, and the attacker is not liable. So interesting, he can end up restricting what you do over the next few months, but again, obviously with the uh, doctor as well. And again, we saw yeah. more subtle, where it comes to this bandage. You're allowed to put on the bandage to relieve some of the pain, but you're not allowed to do it too tight. So now you have to start looking exactly what, when can you say, well, but there... There, why are you in pain? Because of what he did. Here, why are you not allowed to eat honey? Because you want your wound to heal. 
Um, so again, we've got to start looking at subtly what's, what you're saying is a result of the injury, what you're saying is external that you would not be liable for. Okay, but obviously let's go on. Now, now with sure. this, okay. The Omale, well, listen to, the, if you can, listen to the last few lines, very interesting of this stuff. So the Omale, what happens if the guy says, I'll heal you? I'm a doctor, I know I injured you, let me heal you. Says Omale, the Misalite, Ka'ara Arbana, you're like a. You're like a lion waiting in ambush to me. Either Rosh explains, you know, I'm not comfortable. You just beat me up, and now I must come to you as my doctor. I'm just, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this. I know you. You've got a great reputation. You're known as one of the best doctors in the city. I'm still not. I'm not comfortable. And interesting, we see that a person there's this aspect of being comfortable and familiar with your doctor, and the Rosh says you can insist on that. Says so, uh, so when. Uh, yeah, the guy says, you know, I want you to use a hospital under this uh, plan, or I want you to go to this doctor or this place. You can say, that doesn't suit me. I'm not happy doing that. Um, okay, the E-Omale Mycena asks here, what happens if he says, I'll, uh, um, sorry, Omale Mycena, I said the Morgane for Morgane. I know a doctor who will do it uh, for free. He'll do it as a favor. It says, Omale, I said the Morgane for Morgane, Morgane Shabia. A doctor who works for free is worth, um, as you, you get what you pay. I'm not prepared to go with that doctor. That's free. The Omale, my sin, says, what happens? He says, I know this great doctor, but he comes from, uh, he's from America. It says, Omale, Asherichika, Aina Vira. Doctors from far away, blind eyes. But one reason they give, obviously the doctor's not likely, but he's less careful because he doesn't have to worry about his reputation. Now we're going back on to the victim. What happens if the victim says, What happens if it says, You pay me and I'll cure myself? says, You're not going to do it correctly and you're going to come back and sue me more. You're going to say, Look, I'm not cured, I need more money. So I'm not, I'm not prepared to trust you to heal yourself. says, what happens is, okay, fine, so let's set on a agreed amount. Let's cap it at a certain amount. And if I'm not healed, I'm not healed. So then you don't have that risk. So this is, Omelay. You still, you might be careless. Now people are going to, you're going to be walking around with this gaping wound and everyone's going to go, what happened? And you're going to, Ruvain punch me in the head, punch me, Ruvain hit me. And so everyone's going to be, call him a Shoramazik, that vicious Ruvain. I want you to be healed. I want to resolve this. I don't want to have these issues. Okay, have a very good chance. Well, but an Tana Vakulan Mishtalmim Bemokom Nezek. Okay, we taught you the Bryce that all of them you play when there is damage. Minahani Mili. Where do we know this? I maybe when you pay for Nezek, you pay for his decrease in value. Who says you pay the other four things? That's the question. So Omar Azvid Mishmay the Rava Omar Kro Ravid says in the name of Rava from the following pots of Petsa Tachas Petsa Litain Tsar Mokom Nezek. The Potsuk says Petsa Tachas Petsa, which teaches us you pain for Tsar even where there's Nezek. And we learn from there, and so too with the others. That seems to be the Rosha. Ah, Homi Boile, Larabos, Shoige, Kamezik, Boine's Korotsam. But wait, Petsa Tachas Petsa is coming to teach us that you're liable even if it's done, mista- done by mistake, as if you did it on purpose, or if it was an accident. It's considered as if you did it willfully. Um, so he says, 
No, the puzzle could have just said petza be petza. My petza tachas petza. I mean, Atarti, we can learn two things. We learn A, that he's, a person is liable for injury he causes in all situations. And we also learn that a person is liable um, so even if he does it. Sorry? Petza be petza. Mom doesn't say that. Um, he's liable even if there's no injury. Sorry, even if there is injury. Now, Papa Mish made the robber, Omar of Papa, in the name of Robert, gives another drosha. Omar, Prod the Possek says, You shall surely heal him. To say that you pay for Rafua, even Mamokam Nezek. I and the other three would be learned out from that. Says Homi Baile like the Tana Baby Shmal, the Tana Baby Shmal, the Rapoya Rapay Mikanchinishna Rushusla Rofel Lirfot. Says, But wait, don't we need that Possek to tell us that that gives a doctor permission to heal? Or a person permission to go to the doctor. Let the doctor heal. Therefore, here it must be saying that there's Rafua Bamokamnezek. Either Rav is saying, I'm not clear if Rav is saying, I totally disregard Rabbi Shmuel, because if it was the Josh of Rabbi Shmuel, it should have said, and the doctor will heal him. Oh, Nishnarishus Rafe. And here it says, I. It's a dot for that, Joshua. Or it's saying, since it says it in the phrase of Barapo Yerape, you can learn both. I'm not sure. But wait, we already said that. We already explained why we need to repeat the Pasuk. Okay, so Im Kain, Lema Kro, or Rape Rape, or Yerape Yerape. My Verapo Yerape, Shmamina, Litain Rafua, Bamokam Nezek. To say that you love for Rafua, even where there's Nezek. Now, Michlaud, the Mishkachas, Lu, Shaloba Mokam Nezek, Shaloba Mokam Nezek, Hag Mishkachas. Basically, what we said, since you're liable to all these four payments, even where there is damage, that implies that it's a possibility of a case that you're liable for each of these where there's none of the others. So now we're going to go through each of them and say, Where's Tsar? So this we saw in our Mishnah. If you burn him on his fingernail, there's no injury, but there's pain. Okay, Ripui, medical expenses. Where it says, He caused him pain and it was healed. He had an injury and it was healing. And then he caused him put this sort of, I don't know, harsh ointment on him that caused his flesh to bleach. Now he has to get another potion to restore the color in his flesh. So there, there's the cost of the healing, but there's no injury. Sheves, loss of work. Where you locked him in a room and caused him to not be able to go to work. So now, if you lock someone in a room, they can't go to work. This is a very interesting one because isn't it a grammar? So they point out, obviously, you had to push him in the room and lock him. But that's still garmi. So it's quite an interesting one to go into. But let's hurry on. If you spit at his face, you're not causing him any harm, suffering, pain, except embarrassment. Okay, now we go into the next point of the Mishnah. Shevetz Reynos Akeilu Shomer Kishoyim. If it's Shevetz, you view him as a Shomer Kishoyim, as a cucumber god. Now, this is, Dennis, this is what was bothering you earlier. What can someone without a hand or a foot do? So he can be a cucumber god. If he doesn't have hands, he can walk along the flower beds or the cucumber patches and shout at anyone who comes to try take. Even if he doesn't have a hand. So the im toimah locks on midas hatin, but that's not fair. The chi miftach hai gavre lav agra to show me kishuim ushokel el adoli davle vashokel agra inami ozul b'shleav vashokel agra. So that's not fair. When this guy returns to work, he's going to go draw water. He's going to become an, a messenger. 
which he'll be paid better. So why do you pay him as if he's a shomer kishuyim? So he says, no, midas adin lo We haven't, uh, what's it? I saw also stricken the midas adin. Shekfar noson lo demei yodov v'demei raglo because you have already paid for his hand and his foot. Um, I, the nezek covers that. The nezek covers that. And this is for a while he can't work. Um, I'm just wondering when we should stop here. Let's do one more piece. If you cut off his if he cuts off his hand, he pays him for the value of his hand, that's Nezek. And the loss of work is as if he's a cucumber god. If you break his foot, he can be a god at the beginning of the door. He can sit by the entrance of a house and see who can be allowed, press the button to allow who, who's in or who's not. Simo is if you blind his eyes. If you blind him, you make him work at the mill. If you make him deaf, miracle well, now he can't do anything, so you have to pay his full value, and there's no shares, because the Nezek takes that into account. Remember, you had a person who could do A, B, and C, now you've injured in a way that he no longer can, his market value is going to be totally decreased, and then he can't. Very interesting. What happens if he's like a jeweler? Or, you know, he works with his hands, and you sever his foot. So there, the Nezek's going to be a little, because you haven't made his value go down so much. But the, but the Sheves, the work you, the loss of work, that's going to be a lot. Okay, so that they point out. I think let's leave it to it for today. We'll continue next week. Have a very good Shabbos. Yeah.